Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, welcome. I'm Uncle Si. And I'm Uncle Dave. And we are the Agony Uncles, Uncle Si and Uncle Dave. Our mission to solve the problems of the nation, be they animal, vegetable, or mineral, and sometimes even mechanical. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, thank you very much for listening to the podcast. And we keep getting messages from new listeners who've only just found us. So a special hello to you. Hello, hello. Hello. You've got a year's worth of agony uncles to enjoy. That's a binge. Well, you're not wrong there, dude, I tell you. Uh, now, our job is to help you with whatever you need help with. And if you want to contact us, it's really easy. Our email address is agonyuncles at thehairybikers.co.uk. Agonyuncles at thehairybikers.co.uk. And now, after all of that, now then, posing the problems as usual is, it's the thin white duke himself in a Toyota Corolla, Mark Jeeves. <laughs> yes, hello there. Hello, it's lovely to talk to you all. I am speaking to you from a car, but we're not going to talk about that. However, mm -hmm. uh, w w what we are going to do is uh, so many uh, emails coming this week. Thank you very much for all different things, all sorts of things on the social media as well, including a bit of help for the posh one, as Adam put it. And we shall speak to Ooh. Posh Tash in a second. Uh, this was a boiled egg hack. This came from <coughs> question that, uh, that Tash was talking about, how to get the shell of a boiled egg. And Adam has come up with an answer. He says, uh, use a drawing pin to poke a hole in the base of the egg before boiling and then shocking them in ice water. The hole makes the shells come off easier than peeling a cooked prawn, he says. This is Adam, originally from Western Australia, but now kidnapped by someone in Wales and living in Wales. So there we are. There's a, a, a cooking advice coming our way as well. Oh, this is good. Nice. Prick your egg. Don't worry about me shells shattering. Uh-uh. But she's back, and we've missed her pearls, her wisdom, her beauty, her refinement. You know, in last week's episode, she babysat for Wills and Kate, or something equally posh. <laughs> it's the posh one herself, posh Tash. Oh, good morning. It's nice to be back. I did miss you, actually, but I did, um, I did notice when I was listening back to the podcast how potentially you both see me in in each of your eyes i suddenly got sigh has potentially got me as some sort of psycho hormonal middle-aged woman <laughs> and dave you were quite complimentary in, in quite sweet ways but definitely thought i was fairly stuck up so i kind of <laughs> came away going oh i think i think they like me i think they miss me um but do you know what i did go and do for you both i instantly went on amazon and i got these yes <laughs> <laughs> so for the benefit of those without video uh postash is holding up the sire dave amazon face masks that you can buy to turn yourself into the hairy bikers oh they are awesome i mean honestly how old were you in these photos boys look at me how lucky am i 12 <laughs> 12, 12. <laughs> They've been stuck in Amazon that long waiting for somebody to buy them, Tash. That's the thing. You know what's even better? I actually bought two sets. <laughs> How many people have you got in the family that you want to terrorise? This is ridiculous. Do you know what came over me? And then it wasn't until I arrived, I went, 
why do you need them when they're your faces? I mean, what, there's nothing more stupid than buying a mask of your own face, is there? I mean, how ridiculous. So, uh, yeah, so now we'll sport this around the dinner table in our house down in Surrey. That's what we Sorry. do. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, we are the hairy bikers now 24-7 in this house. Oh, God. Well, we can solve problems now. I can solve problems better. Do you want to see? Now, if you haven't got an answer for it, I can just put one of these up and pretend I'm Sai. And the other God, one this, this, give a proper this, answer. This could be very dangerous. So, <laughs> so Uncle Dave, uh, get your jingle finger wingling and let's get solving the nonsense of the nation and their huge problemos. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> That's, I have a problem. I'll be watching the chase. Hello, hairy bikers. Here is my request. I have got a problem that I must get off my chest. Won't you listen to my story like a hairy Jack and Ori? Because I heard your advice is the best. Uncle Sai, Uncle Dave and Posh Tash. In this week's edition of the Agony Uncles, you will be a commotion of emotion as you solve this week's trials and fails. Including the veg patch problem, we have the frustrating snacker. We have Wee Willy Sinky, and in Confidential Corner, we have Sexy Slow Cooking. But we're going to start with the veg patch problem. And this comes from Colin, who says, Dear Hairy Ones, we'll have to leave you out of this bit, Tash, sorry. Uh, the, Fine. <laughs> the recent problem with vegetable shortages has been the kick up the bum. I need to clear that large but useless patch of land behind my shed of its broken ladder, rear bumper from a 1987 Vauxhall Cavalier, and the leftover paving slabs, and instead use it to grow some vegetables. But... The only thing I've grown in my 53 years is my belly. So what would you advise I should plant for my first year's veg? The patch of land is south-facing, and I live in Wiltshire. Sounds a bit like Gardener's Question Time, Colin, but we'll let it pass. Doesn't it? Uh, so, over to you. Uh, first year growing veg, what should he do? Well, first off, he might be struggling to buy seeds, and all my neighbour went to buy seeds. But because of the veg shortage, he also had trouble finding seeds. Oh, wow, yeah. I'll tell you what is interesting about the bread shortage. I've just been in a... Dave's, you're just about to go into Europe and everybody in Europe's going, it's complete rubbish. We've had a great growing season. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't They're know lying what, to what, us. What, what, is the, what, is, what, are the, what are the UK talking about to that populace? It's absolute nonsense. Yeah. Um, I think I, I think a key, because Dave grows and I grow, um, and I think that it, it grow what you want to eat. So if you like, I always try and grow carrots, celery, uh, onions, and potatoes because that's my staple. Um, and then sometimes seasonal stuff like strobes and 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 salads, salad stuff. So that because that's what I like to eat. Spuds are a good one, Kingy, aren't they? Because freshly dug potatoes, they taste special. You can't buy that. I mean, sometimes I think like with onions and that, well, I could just go and buy onions. So you know, it takes a lot of work. But like freshly dug potatoes. Um, I remember when my first crop, when we were in France, we had this knackered old range and there was a deep fat fire in there and I was trying to keep off the chips. I thought, oh no, three litres of sunflower oil in there. I dug the potatoes, I made chips, double cooked, they were epic. <laughs> oh, it was just some slice of Normandy ham and two fried eggs. Thank you very much. <clears throat> but other, but, but little polytunnels quite handy, we, we built that. And it was just amazing the amount of tomatoes we could grow. Um, grow from seeds, set the seeds going now, get them germinating. Um, but tomatoes are wonderful. Again, just picked when they're fresh. Tomato salad, bit of red wine vinegar, red onion, olive oil, salt, lovely. I was actually, I'm the most 
ungreen-fingered person you could ever meet. I am your classic, and I'd love to be better. I really genuinely would. I'd love to, about as good as I get planting as a bunch of flowers. Um, but I have to say last year, I bought a hanging tomato plant. I think I mentioned it before on the podcast for my son. And it just took the effort because we haven't got the ground here or whatever to, to plant in. And I just don't know what I'm doing, but the hanging plant, and it produced so many amazing tomatoes and he loved nurturing it and the smell of the tomato vine and the taste, it was, it was incredible. And I, I just feel like I'm one of those people that just, I just don't understand when to plant or how to plant enough. I mean, I can sit down and learn clearly, but when you do do it, it's so rewarding and you want to eat healthily when it comes out. So I think it's a really clever thing he's doing. If that's the way to lose weight is to enjoy what you're eating and your produce. And you know, mm. you look at a lettuce that comes out the supermarket in a packet and you think, oh, I'd rather have the chips. But if you've loved it and grown it, you're going to love it. You're going to enjoy eating it so much more. So I think it's very clever of him. I might actually try it. Um, my, my, my weight loss journey too. <laughs> but I don't think he's that arsed about losing his belly. He just says that was the only thing that ah. he's grown over the past 20 years. I think he's oh, more I arsed see. about well, I was thinking it was quite a clever way of doing it because you grow well, weight food, you ah. eat better, you, lo you lose weight. That's how I was seeing it actually. So I was thinking it was quite clever. Once you taste chips from your homegrown taters, yeah, though, there's sorry. no going <laughs> back. <laughs> <laughs> I remember once, King, we were at um, the Hampton Court flower show remember we did saturday kitchen live yes we had that time yes. to mooch around and i went to talk to the gentleman at pennard plants and oh, um okay. they were amazing and they produced seeds that, that were really good but like really obscure veg not obscure veg but some varieties things like musselboro leeks that were traditionally old-fashioned that were grown in scotland so they're quite hardy and um and broad beans and french beans but they always got instructions on the packet uh, what he was saying to me is he said Thing is, don't fill your space up with stuff you can buy, you know, in a utilitarian way. Grow stuff that's a bit special. And I remember, like, the, the the first year, I got some balotti beans off him, put them in in France, and blow me neck, I had, like, loads and loads of them. But then uh, I remember saying, well, I'm not going to eat them all. Well, he'll say, well, we'll just dry them, you know, in the winter. And I thought, how? You know, it sounds daft. So you just leave them in the sun, and they dried out, and... I had my old pulses over the winter, which was, again, was just like, oh, you know, that, that was a bit special. But things like pak choy, in a polytunnel, you got masses of it. And um, again, when you cut that for your stir fry, it was so good, but, but really, really easy to grow. Um, beetroot, carrots, but taters and, oh gosh, we had one time, before lockdown, I had 113 varieties, all in seed trays. Did you? Yeah, we had, we had an 18 foot polytunnel. And then, of course, while I'm locked down, I couldn't get to France and lost a lot. Oh, devastating. What a nightmare. That's a lot of varieties. Yeah, yeah, with fruit and that. But it was quite excited with it, all these different bits and pieces. Even like Mizuna leaves, you know, the Japanese and Shiso yeah. leaves. They're, they're easy to grow. Even mm. in this climate? Yeah, especially with a bit of a polytunnel. Yeah, so that's mm. the secret, isn't it? Yeah. I grew a load of beetroot, um, but then some little tinker of the animal wildlife variety kind of took underneath. Oh. <laughs> took underneath. And I was pulling all these look fantastic tops off, and there was absolutely nothing. <laughs> oh. I was so, I was like, no, I was like, oh, look at the size of that beetroot. That's great. I'm going to let that go for a bit longer. When I go for a bit, I pulled it up. Nothing. It was literally <laughs> just the stalks and. There's a, there's a fat rabbit somewhere sitting out there. Isn't there's there? a fat something. I don't know what it is, and he's just got into me. Um, whatever, whatever is fat, uh, he'll he'll uh, he'll have a shock because I've just put a load of um, chili powder down because he's oh. just got into me hot box. 
Little bastard. That's not what we say here. He's gonna get the shot of his life. He's just dug a lot. And I thought, you you sneaky little git. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but um yeah, it's it's just chewed through it. And it's pretty it's pretty sturdy that hot box. It's great. The one thing that grows mad, the always end of the glut with his courgettes. Oh and and you think, you know when the babies with the flowers on? It was so pretty. They are pretty and they're so tasty and you think, because you get so many, you might as well eat them like that when the baby courgettes with the flowers on, you can stuff the flower heads and that. Because of course, what happens if you leave a courgette, it becomes a marrow. <laughs> and then you're trying to get rid of these torpedoes around. You're like, oh, 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 so knock true. on the door, would you like this? And I go, oh, no, for God's sake. But we, we got asked quite a lot for courgette recipes because when people have got a glut, it's what do you do with them? As yeah. I said, I'd harvest them when they're babies. And, you know, this is courgettes we're talking about, not humans. And, and just, just <laughs> like our courgette and, and uh, ricotta tart was good, which caused Stanley Tucci to swear with delight oh. on Saturday Kitchen. I remember Ooh, that. Well um, but yeah, but our courgette and feta fritters is a good one, isn't it, Kingy? Oh, yeah, Greek, Greek one, you, you know, that's just good. that's so good. But, you know, with a bit of imagination, oh, it's good fun. It is. I, I was. I don't know. I was away. I think, and uh, and uh, I came back to, as you say, uh, uh, as Dave was saying, courgettes. I left mm. courgettes and came back to marrows, <laughs> and it was it was hilarious because this dog walker's not doesn't you know not too far from where I live, so the person. So I just put this table out. And just went, please, for God's sake, help yourself. <laughs> and uh, there was just like, because I, 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 there's absolutely no way I could have, I, I could have. <laughs> and they all went, which was nice, but no. there's no way. There's a little car park down the road, so I just, I just took about eight carrier bags of these whole huge torpedoes wow. and went, just help yourselves. It's, it's, oh, it's, it's, it's hilarious. So good. But there's, now there's that amazing, I mean, obviously, courgettes are having a huge, you know, surge in popularity, isn't it? Because lots of people are turning to courgette spaghetti instead of the carbohydrate and things. So I think there's so many other ways. Because courgette for me used to be quite a watery, as a child, I think, of quite a watery slice that was just sort of put on my plate. But now there are so many amazing things you can do with the courgette as well. So I, I kind of, you could just create, could you freeze it? Could you peel it into spaghetti and then freeze it? Did that work with the courgette? I'm not sure, I'm not sure whether you have to blanch it first, but then... Yeah. No, I don't know. I mean, just eat them when they're young. <clears throat> I remember once, do you remember Senor Joao in our very first programme, the pilot in Portugal? And um, yeah. he was doing the courgette flowers stuffed with veal mince. Mm -hmm. And then you just, you have a little baby courgette, you like veal mince and bits, then just deep fried a lot. And, wow. Um, and that's, that's like, it's gastronomic fabulousness. But of course, you know, you... I think it's hard to buy courgettes like that. But if you grow them, I think Colin's going to have fun. Mm. It's just, I mean, I grew up in a back-to-back -back in Barrow with no garden whatsoever. Like Lil, my wife, she grew up with Romanian survivalist garden. They grew the food to eat. But yeah. for me, it's it was like I, I hit like 50 and all of a sudden it was like, I've grown a potato. <laughs> oh, look at that. I actually, I, you know, chilies as well, different varieties of chilies. You know, it's so, so, such fun. And you get there's, something special. And there's such a joy in it, as you were saying, Tasha. There is yeah. such a joy in, in in nature and nurture and getting your hands into the soil and, and digging it and working hard and sweating. And, ah, oh, it's just fabulous. Great. A fabulous thing it. to do. And then eating it is the bonus at the end, isn't it? You know? Yeah. And then you can get into preserving. You can get into stuff to see you through the winter. 
Anybody want me plum chutney? I've got about 700 litres of it, so that's going to be good. I'll have some. Bring me some tomorrow. I'll bring you some. I'll bring you some. Yeah, dear God. So much of it. Spiced plum chutney. I've got it nice. everywhere. Yeah, Dude, sounds it, lovely, yeah. actually. It, it, yeah, it's okay because they're from the trees that, that are just outside here, but um, they, they, they produce every other year, and mm -hmm. it's ridiculous. I mean, it's ridiculous, and I give I give loads of that away as well. Even <laughs> passing grannies with that Labrador. Yeah, have one of these. <laughs> as I, as I spring out of a bush. Do you remember that plum tree I had in Scotland, Kingy? Oh yes. Loads of plums, and I got this recipe for rum plums, which is basically you put the pl oh, you pack the plums into a jar, um, some brown sugar, and some spices, and top it up with rum, and leave it for a few months. Oh, it was so funny. People come round for dinner. Two rum plums, a clotted cream. You're absolutely plastered. <laughs> you know, you didn't like the plums, the gravy was epic. I love that. Went round to Dave and had a couple of plums. <laughs> nice. <laughs> a lot of people out there pay good money for that, Tash. Yeah, Dave's plums, right. yeah. Yeah, get that, my manscaper. You never know what treats are in store. Perfect plums. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Well, there you go, Colin. Uh, we've gone all the way. Uh, grow what you like. Grow what you like to eat, and you won't go far wrong. Food makes everything better. All right, we're time to move on to our next problem. This is called the frustrating snacker. Uh, I need two women's names for this, and as Tash wasn't here last week, so didn't have to come up with a name, I think you should come up with both that's fine. I am prepared. You look like you're smug and you've been practicing. Oh, look. Yeah, look I'm at prepared. The smug I'm just going to go man. to my Google page that I have ah. here. What? Of, of women's, unique names Google in women's the country. Names. Oh, yes. Okay. We're going with. Uh huh. Ooh, ooh, we're going with Cordelia. Cord <laughs> oh, God help us. <laughs> have you got a filter on? She's got a bloody Cord posh filter on. Yeah. I think yeah. a lot about Chardonnay and. and yeah. Yeah. Betty. Betty. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Posh Google. Posh Google says Cordelia and Ingrid. Cordelia and Ingrid, right. Well, here we go. This comes from Cordelia, who says, Dear Agony Uncles, I work with a woman called Ingrid. Oh, good. She's very nice, which is lucky, as our desks in our customer service office are opposite each other. We face each other. I'm a lady with a fuller figure. Aside from the odd few minutes when I might think about work, I spend most of my day thinking about food. Your website is a favourite. I love to chat with my colleagues about what to have for lunch, dinner, well, just about food, really. My colleague, however, is stick thin, has no interest in food, and here lies the problem. As our boss is nice, we get a box of biscuits and chocolate bars in the kitchen every day to have with our tea. My favourite is a Kit Kat, and we always get four finger ones. Now, my colleague professes to like a Kit Kat too, so asks me to collect one for at break time. So I do. I then sit at my desk, rip open the said Kit Kat, and devour it, two fingers at a time, sometimes three fingers. Unfortunately, my colleague just leaves hers next to her phone. <laughs> I can feel her Kit Kat looking at me. It's taunting me. She pays it no attention until I finally say, um, do you want your Kit Kat? And then she'll say something mental like, oh, I forgot all about that. And she'll then break off one finger, bite a little bit off that one <laughs> finger and then say, I'll save the rest for later and then put it in her drawer. She's the same with a penguin. She'll nibble a little layer of chocolate off half of it, then save the rest for later in her drawer. This means there's a desk drawer with about 40 uneaten chocolate bars in there, all calling my name, which raises two questions. Number one, how can I learn 
to ignore the call of the chocolate bar as I realise it is I who needs to change, not her. And number two, is it ethical to break into her desk and eat all of the chocolate that she plainly doesn't want? Asks Cordelia, over to you. Break in and nick it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All day, yeah. But remember that ancient northern proverb, girls that are pickers need bigger knickers. <laughs> oh, I don't know that one. I think, if on a more serious note, I think Ingrid's the one with a bit of a problem. Because what Ingrid should be able to do, she asked for the Kit Kat, which means she wants the Kit Kat, but she's obviously struggling inside her head to think she shouldn't eat the Kit Kat in case it makes her fat or in case she, whatever. And she's obviously hoarding them in there because she secretly would like them, but obviously can't eat them. So maybe if she broke in, if Cordelia broke in and ate them all, she might be grateful because it's all, it's tempting her as much, I think. That's, you know, I don't care. <laughs> I think she should just go in and nick them. I would, Dave. I don't like how. What sort of crack is that? I mean, you know, I, I, I'll just have a little bit. So she's in her mind. She's going. I think um, I'm in control of the food, and the food's not in control with me. Whereas our corduroy, on the other hand, <laughs> is just you know, she's she's up for it, isn't she? She she wants to you know. Oh, Sod this! I'm having a biscuit. Why aren't I? I'm gonna, in fact, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to dunk me biscuit in, and actually, I'm going to put my finger in me tea and flick it <laughs> at the one who was so mean spirited that doesn't eat a Kit Kat. Oh, come on! You wouldn't want to go out with a night with her, would you? You want to go out with a night with Cordy? Yeah, wouldn't exactly. You? Like, Why? Yeah. You know, a few drinks, bit of a crack, a few chocolate biscuits. Yeah. The other one, <laughs> I've got this picture in my mind of this thin, mousy. Mean-spirited-looking nibbler. <laughs> <laughs> My husband actually nah. said to me when we were dating, we well, were a couple of meals in or something, dates in, and he said to me, God, it's so nice to go out with somebody that doesn't just want a lettuce leaf. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm there, pre-coffee, scoffing it in. But, you know, actually, you know, sod the weight. <laughs> he was happy I was eating it. Yeah, there you go, you see. Maybe she just likes hoarding. You know, she likes this collection and she looks great delighting looking in the drawer. Mm -hmm. I was used to be like that with fireworks when I was a kid. I used to keep them in a drawer and add to them and never really let them off. What? Well, I did do in a, in a big one, but I used to like hoarding them and collecting them. So, so when you got given fireworks? No, I used to buy them. Did you? Not given now. You can't buy yeah. them nowadays as a kid under whatever age. Oh, you can, man. Of course you can. Yeah. Honestly, maybe not around the posh neighbourhoods that you do, but look, mm. I'm telling you. In, in, in places that I and Dave frequent and frequented, you can definitely buy fireworks. Are you mad? Yeah, I used, to, I, used to, I used to relish my little demons. Yeah, they were bangers. You had a, a liability next to your bed. You know, one day, small small match goes off, your entire bedroom goes into 10 different colours into the sky. Yeah, I suppose it, I suppose it was that thing, was I, because I never could keep chocolate in me drawer. <laughs> you know I mean? yeah. It was like the fireworks I could live with. Something that Myers couldn't eat, because if he did, it would blow his ass off. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> It's like, I love that, what you call it, Kingy. It's when you make a pie that's so good. And it's a cut and come again pie. Yeah. And I, I defy, not, not, it's Cordelia the one who eats. Yeah. Yeah, but you see, I defy Ingrid to go around at Kingy's house when he's got a cut and come again pie and just have a slither. You call it a cut and come again pie because you have a slice, you have to go back for another. Ooh, get that. Actually, it's National Pie Week this week, isn't it? It's a good topic. It is. It, it is. is. It is a good topic. National Pie Week, get in. What's not to love? In fact, I'm going to make one. What's in it, Si? Well, well it depends what I'm after. You know, it's an, we do this great um, 
there's a there's a fab recipe. I mean, it's kind of pretty seasonal. For uh, you can it can be turkey or chicken. It can be mm. turkey and ham, or it could be turkey and chicken. But we put a cranberry spiced cranberry mm. top and jelly over the top, and it's like really hard pastry. Mm. So you cut through it, and I mean it's it's like you know it's a big pie, <laughs> and you just take a slice off with a cranberry jelly. Oh, wow. it's so good with a cranberry oh, sauce yeah. on the oh. top. I made a cottage pie at the weekend, and that's one of my favourites when it's done well, like really buttery mash, so cheddar on the top, and good steak and good seasoning, and and that was a bit like that when I I had one bit, and it's like little had sub, then there'll be enough for tomorrow, and then we're coming back <laughs> more, 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 <clears throat> just impossible really. Um, no, no, it's funny, isn't it? People have different eating habits. My, my ex-wife, she used to be weird with chocolate. I think I said, she used like a walnut whip. She'd decapitate the top, the walnut first, and take ages. Then she'd take the top off. Then she'd get all the inside of the walnut whip out, scoop it with her tongue, yeah. before she'd just nibble around the shell, like getting smaller and smaller <laughs> and smaller than the base. You know, and I just think, well, you just get on with it. <laughs> Can you remember? Can you remember? Is it a figment of my imagination? But the walnut whip had two walnuts, didn't it? One at the yeah. top and one in the base. No, the base was a wafer. No, it isn't. This I don't, is not had, wafer, no, you you're too young. No. You had a walnut in the base. But it gets worse. I, I was in Marx's the other day and I bought some walnut whips. They're no longer walnut whips, they're just whips. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, because the nut allergies. So, not one, not two. You've got no nuts. You see, that's it. That's the modern world. Uh, You've still got your plums, Dave. Don't worry. Yes. <laughs> well, let, let's let's go around the table and see how, how do we eat the Kit Kat. Four finger Kit Kat, then. Uh, Poshtash, start with you. Uh, what's your uh, what's your method, please? <laughs> I would, wouldn't eat four at once. I possibly would eat two at once. But I love the end of the Kit Kat is slightly chunkier chocolate before the biscuit wafer yeah. bit hits. So I always bite that chocolate bit off the end. And then I just nibble it like a normal finger. Uh, like a normal finger. Okay. Uncle Si? Uh, well, it depends what mood I'm in. Two fingers sometimes uh-huh. but sometimes if i wanted to make it last a bit longer i'll i'll, I'll do a finger at a time Ooh. because then i feel all smug <laughs> do you ever leave any of it or does, does, does the whole thing get eaten in one go mark how long have we known each other what a stupid question <laughs> he is no ingrid <laughs> yeah okay stupid question uncle dave <laughs> Sod the four fingers. It's a Kit Kat chunky for me all the way. Oh, oh. the bigger ones. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That that's you see that's a proper evolution of a, of a of a confectionery in my view. Mm-hmm. But then you see, even I might nibble the chocolate off first before mm-hmm. I go full throttle mm-hmm. into the wafer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, lots of uh, lots of options. Cordelia, break into the draw. Go for your life. Life's too short. There we go. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. If you got problems, you'll be fine. Just drop the agony, uncle's a line. Your next problem is called Wee Willy Sinky. Uh, for this, we need one male and one female name. Uncle Dave, a male name. Uncle Si, a female name, please. Na- Nigel. Nigel. Not Cordelia. Nigel. Nigel. Nigel and Anna. That's Nigel nice. Nigel and Anna. They're nice names. Polly Nigel and Anna. This, this comes from Anna. Uh, dear Uncle Dave, Uncle Si, and Tasha... 
says Anna. I consider myself a woman of the world. I'm 49. I've been divorced twice. I've got a grown-up daughter, so I think I've seen most things. However, my fella of nine months has just proved that when you think you've seen it all, you actually haven't. His name is Nigel, and he's a good laugh. We don't live together, but he does stay sometimes at mine. And on one such occasion recently, my daughter also came to stay. It was the first time that both she and Nigel had stayed over. And in the morning, my daughter took up her usual residency in my bathroom. Nigel seemed a bit agitated by this, but I said it was the way of things. I only have one bathroom. You just have to live with it. He then went downstairs to make a cup of tea. I followed him down a second later because I decided to ask for a coffee instead of a tea, only to find Nigel standing on one of the dining room chairs, having a pee into the kitchen sink. <gasps> what? No. No way, man. No way. A row ensued with him saying he was desperate and that this was entirely normal and me shouting that I don't want his willy wanger and its contents being emptied anywhere near my food preparation area. We continue to disagree vehemently on this, so your input is needed. Is this acceptable? Asks Anna. Over to you. No. 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 <laughs> Pretty resounding. Absolutely not. It's a massive sign of disrespect and sod it, I'll do what I like. That's outrageous it's disgusting it's taking liberties i don't think there's anything wrong is if the bathroom's occupied nipping outside and yeah. having a wee on a wall yeah do you know what i mean but in a sink in the kitchen no for no. goodness sake he's standing on the chair i mean it, how weird i mean uh, yeah so he's desperate why was he standing on a chair is he very tiny <laughs> well, i don't know that it just might be you know it might not be able to get his you know toggling two over the over the sink. the sink. Wee willy winky. What a sight, eh? I just think you should run a mile. Yeah. And get rid. That's that's just not acceptable. Because it's not just about, it's about the, it's about the arrogance of having that action. Of actually having the thought post to say that that's okay in somebody else's house that you're just trying to get to know. That's so bad, man. No way. Yeah. How many times do we all say, sit down, talk it out, there's got to be a reason... I really, I think I would struggle to come back from that one. I don't think there's anything he could say to make that all right for me. It just seems rude, disgusting, taking liberties. Yeah, I, I can't, I'm quite shocked on that one. Yeah, I mean, if you are truly busting, you bang on the bathroom door. Can you let me in, I'm busting. But, um, but no, you just, I, I don't know. I got to, I, got to I, I used to do that when, when I lived in a house where the loo was upstairs, sometimes I, I, I would go out into the backyard, you know, this is when I was very young and relieve myself, shall we say. At least you're outside. Oh God, yes. Yeah, not in the kitchen sink, for God's sake. That's right. It's like some people, I was reading an article the other day, apparently there's a lot of people who have a wee-wee in the shower when they're having a shower. Yeah, I think people do, don't they? Well, I, I know little kids do. do. They? Well, I think little kids do at the start. We don't know, they need to teach them, go, I'd rather you didn't wee in the shower. You know, let's let's wait till you get out or go before you go in. But I imagine that, I mean, I'm not, I'm not confessing to this, but I imagine there are people that think that's fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I grew up with a bath. I didn't have a shower till I was 20. Oh, you wouldn't do that in the bath because you'd have to sit in it. Do you know what some people might do? You can imagine a drunk bloke coming home, tipsy, can't get in the bathroom, and then slightly inebriated, finds the plant in the corner, the yucca tree, and then I can see it being a bit of a mistake and a bit tipsy and a bit... And they kind of go, mate, what were you doing? Just put it away, wait for the toilet. But just the fact this was a morning, a cup of tea, he's gone downstairs, he can't wait to... Uh, yeah, none of the picture matches up to be acceptable in any way, shape or form. No, it's a conscious act, isn't it? Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's bad. That's bad.
It's a unanimous verdict there, Anna. Uh, Nigel should not have weed in the kitchen sink. And whether you decide to take this relationship forward is up to you. You need a new kitchen sink. <laughs> uh, there's no amount of bleach that would sort that for my, in my head. That's so no, every potato you peel after then will oh. be solid. Oh, no amount of Zaflora will sort that out. All right. Oh, I don't know about Zaflora, yeah. mate. That's a different I thing. I think it might. Yeah, no, 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 no. I think Zaflora. No. Come on now, Jeevesy. Yeah. Okay, it's Zaflora. Sorry, yes, yeah, Zaflora. Cures all ills. It does. Uh, please sponsor us. Thank you. Well, if you're down, if you're down, now don't get drunk. Don't get drunk. Just send an email, Just send an email to the agony uncle. To the agony uncles. All right, it's time uh, to head off to Confidential Corner, and this is called Sexy Slow Cooking. And uh, this is, uh, uh, we need one male and one female name, so we'll go the other way around. So, Uncle Dave, female, and Uncle Si, a male name, please. Ginger. Ginger, nice. Yeah. Terry. Ginger and Terry. Okay, so Ginger writes, Dear Uncle Si, and Uncle, you'll be very flattered by this, I hope. Dear Uncle Si and Uncle Dave, I'm writing to thank you and to ask for your help. Me and Terry says Ginger, have been together for a year. We're both in our later years, but, incredible as it sounds, this is our first serious relationship that we've both had for a very long time. <laughs> now, neither of us are yes. actually very experienced sexually, and we've enjoyed learning together. Oh, how nice. This is where you two come in. <clears throat> when we first became intimate, Terry would find it difficult to last more than a few minutes before his climactic moment. As a fan of the podcast, we took Uncle Si's advice and we talked about it without embarrassment to try and find a solution. Now, one of Terry's passions is cooking. He's a huge fan of your recipes. He regularly cooks your egg, bacon and asparagus flan and knows it off by heart. So I suggested that when he felt the tingling sensation in his nether regions during lovemaking, perhaps he could think about the recipe rather than succumbing to the coming, so to speak. <laughs> Well, this worked very well. He lasted much longer, and but for the shout of Sprinkle evenly with cheese, which accompanied his climax. <laughs> it was a very satisfactory arrangement. Oh, she sounds great. Yeah. Our question is this. Which do you consider the most complex of your recipes? Because Terry would like to learn it. <laughs> to ensure an even longer result in bed. I have absolutely no hesitation in saying if that man can think about there's a mole sauce that we yeah. have in one of the other people, it's got everything in it other than the kitchen sink. And I think Dave added to the bottom of the of the fix and if you've got a West Island terrier, you can stick that in it as well. It was ridiculous. It had over sixty ingredients. It was a chicken with a mole sauce. And it was very authentic and very impossible to do. But if we're to learn that by heart, it'd be like reciting Shakespeare. She'd be raw by then. She needs to she'll be screaming, stop, stop. Hey, look, it's, 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 honestly, you'd become a porn star overnight if you thought if it was that sort of thing. By the time you got to serve with a slice of lime, that'd be it. She'd be <laughs> Maybe there's oh. a sexual help book with recipes we need to do. The Barry White of cuisine, couldn't oh, it? Could. Just take two courgettes and some feta cheese. Ooh. Who needs Nigella? Baby. Me, me, I do. I absolutely 100% do. Yeah. Brilliant. What a man. Well, 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 it's not fun, isn't it? Lovely letter. Oh, that's great, man. But everybody's got the key thing they think of, isn't they, when they want to hang on a bit longer? Yeah. What's yours, Tash? Or is it different for girls? Is it different for girls? Yeah. I don't know. I don't think I've got anything to make it. I don't know. I'm just 
having a lovely time. He used to work a bit harder, that's all. He <laughs> 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 needs to learn a recipe. It's got to get your cardio going, son. Come on. I don't think girls do as much. Maybe I'm not. Ladies do write in. I don't think we have to think about or get distracted. We're having such a lovely time. If you boys are doing a good job. Oh, with me, I just think of the ills of the world, and that's it. You know. But then, if you think too negatively, it can have a you know Otherwise, a sobering effect. Yeah. 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 With all this talk of food, I wonder what Terry's post-coital snack is, though. Because um, he must be hungry as well. Of course. See, I used to love a pork pie after. Yeah. Something traditional about that, in a way. Do you do that before you pass out of sleep or after you've passed out of sleep? <laughs> well, these days I'll probably go to sleep, really, yeah. you know, without the pork pie and have it in the morning. <laughs> well, no, I used to go down and have a cup of tea and a pork pie, you know, replenish <laughs> my strength. Yeah, because, you know, you don't have to just do it at the night time, you know, Tash. No, it doesn't matter, does it? You boys well. just want to fall asleep anyway after it. Doesn't matter when. <laughs> no, no, we can't. You know, it might be inconvenient at half past two in the afternoon. You know, we've got other stuff to do. You know, well, you know, just... a, man, a man gives it all. They call it, is it in France, the petit mort, the little death, you know, because you give so much. Yeah. Oh, wow. And you feel like, oh. I think he might have ruined my next encounter because I think I might be laying there thinking, I wonder what he's thinking of now. I might have to stop him and go, just out of interest, what are you thinking of at this point? Well, we've got 30 cookbooks for him to go through, <laughs> Tash. They're all available to you. So, wrapping it up then for Terry, Sire, you think that the uh, recipe that, that you suggested right at the top of the answer is the most complex one he could possibly, possibly learn? Yes, without a doubt. And I'm sure Mr. Bias would concur. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes, we learned very quickly never to publish a recipe like that again. <laughs> if your life's in a mess, then the email address is the agony uncles at the hairybikes.co.uk. Yeah. Well, as always, thanks for getting in touch with the show and entrusting us with your troubles. Yes, we say it every week, as you well know, and we mean it too. We love hearing from you and getting all your problems. So please send them on to agonyuncles at thehairybikers.co.uk. That's agonyuncles at thehairybikers.co.uk. And remember to follow this podcast. <coughs> Sorry. And remember to follow this podcast. And you can also rate and review it. It really helps us if you tell other people how you feel about it. So thanks for doing that. So from Poshtash, uh, the Thin White Duke, and for me, my best smoker. Bye-bye. Have a great week. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.